Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. I'd like to welcome you back to another edition of the Daybreak Devotions program brought to you by the McLeansville Baptist Church. I'm your host today, Pastor Corey Cantrell. Excited to be with you in this wonderful day that we have set before us. We started a two-part broadcast yesterday of a discussion that Pastor Mike and I had on our previous program, Mid-Morning Manna, last year on living with the second coming as our first priority. And Rehoning our focus back on where our hope is anchored. The fact that Christ is coming again. We're not hoping, as we like to use the term, and wishful thinking that he is coming again. But we are confident that he is coming again. And therefore we have hope and we should live as those that have that hope. And that's what uh, this whole series of discussions is is focused on is how we live practically in our day-to-day life as if the second coming of Christ is our first priority. What should our lives look like? What should be the motivating factors of our day? And so we're going to jump right back in where we left off yesterday. And we're back to do the second part of what we began yesterday, looking at the second coming of Jesus and why the second coming should be our first concern Let me read a passage today to get us started from Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 uh, through chapter 4, verse 1. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, I wanted to make the point here that when Paul says, so stand fast in the Lord, I believe that it is referring back to what he's just told us, that our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we're looking for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is coming to change us and fashion us to be like unto him. And so we're to stand in that truth. And so we introduced the thought yesterday that, Why is it that the second coming of Christ is not and has not been the primary focus and concern of the church in this modern time? And I didn't go back and count it all up for myself. I just remember reading somewhere over 300 mentions of the second coming in the New Testament alone. And we know the the Old Testament talks about it too. So why is this not the prevalent thing? Well, just in case you didn't hear yesterday's broadcast, let me just quickly catch you up to where we are today. So the second coming should be our first concern. It is the thing that the, the epistles talk about, Jesus talks about. It's, it's the standing orders. Why is it not the most important thing? There are three things we talked about yesterday. First of all, because so many in the modern church are in these earthly entanglements. We are connected and tied into this world and this life, and that's our focus. And we want God to bless us in the here and now, and we're just not thinking about what is to come. All right, so we dealt with that a little bit. And secondly, it's that cross-centered or forgiveness gospel 
the cross-centered religion, the forgiveness gospel, in which we have been taught and it's been developed in us that we're constantly looking backward to the cross instead of looking forward to the coming, which is counter to Scripture. Old Testament saints did look forward to the coming of the Messiah. We, as the New Testament church, look forward to the coming of our King. And that's why Paul said, we look for the Savior. We don't look back to, we look for. Now, yes, nobody choke on their biscuit. We do look back at the cross with much gratitude, and we thank the Lord, and it causes us to worship, and we're glad for that. But the cross is done. It's settled. He's not on the cross. He's not in the tomb. He is in heaven, and he's coming back. Then the third thing that we talked about yesterday was just the negative connotation that surrounds the coming of Jesus in the sense that it's almost, it's almost that, that old bumper sticker or whatever, you know, uh, you know, look out, Jesus is coming, and boy, is he mad. You yeah. know, and that's the impression that's been given. And, and even when that's not been the intention to present the Jesus is mad thing, it has been, as you were saying yesterday, we've got it in our mind, hey, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, get ready, get ready, hurry, hurry, hurry. And it sort of created this sense of his coming brings a little dread, a little trepidation with it. And it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Now, to clarify, yes, when he comes, we will be judged, okay? As a matter of fact, um, I've got a passage of Scripture. Let me, let me just jump there. You can make a comment if you want to because we're on live radio. You got that right. First Thessalonians chapter 4, no, chapter 1. I was thinking about uh, that, that point we made yesterday, and I guess I'm jumping ahead to the, where we begin to talk about why should it be. So those were three reasons why it's not prevalent in our thinking but there were five reasons we were going to go through as to why the second coming should be our first concern. And the first one was simply this. It is the answer to all problems. Your problems, my problems, the listener's problems, the world's problems, all those problems are going to be solved at the coming of Christ. But the second thing is that it means our salvation is going to be completed. It's going to be completed. This is where I started to to jump to just a moment ago because we we do realize when Jesus comes that there will be the judgment. Mm-hmm. There's the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us are going to give him an account. But what is really to be expected at the coming of Jesus? First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians. I'm going to get in the right place in a moment. This is probably your fault. Of course. Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Listen to verse 7 through 10. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If there's any trepidation to be had at his coming, it is for those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. But listen to this. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. But now he comes back to us and he says, whom, I mean, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So what should we expect when he comes? We should expect, yes, those who do not believe are going to face judgment. They're going to face fear and trepidation. But for us who do believe and obey the gospel, we look forward to being glorified in him and to admiring him that's going to be a glorious time. So um, I got more to say about that, but you know, it means our salvation is going to be complete. And with that does come the reality of, of how we, serious we ought to be taking it now. You know, 
we're not to be about, ah, oh, well, I, I can just sit on the wayside and as soon as Jesus comes, you know, he'll fix me then. There's absolutely the awareness that we have to have of our responsibility of being disciples and following Christ now. This isn't a, a shirking of responsibility, but it is a pressure release of, I'm messed up right now. I'm still broken. I am being conformed into the image of Jesus. And even when Jesus comes, I'm still going to be partially broken and in need of more transformation. And he's going to be finishing what he's been doing all along throughout my life. So I ought to be looking with anticipation that this is going to be the crowning accomplishment, the, the, the finalization of this process that has been going on all throughout my walk with Christ. little sidebar on that. Okay. Do you think that that final act of completing us when he returns will just be something sort of like a glorified operation? You remember the game Operation? Mm-hmm. You take the little thing and you got to pull the bones out and yep. exactly. You think that there'll be some like operating going on, or will it all just simply be that the final part of that process is actually seeing him, and it will complete? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that moment and twinkling of an eye thing, which I know is talking about those being called up and glorified bodies and all that. But it, it's going to be, I, I believe, it's going to be a an instantaneous like. This 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 is it. Like almost like when your eyes get open to something and something clicks and it's it dawns on you and okay, it just completely changes everything. So no Milton Bradley I don't operation think so. here. I don't think there's gonna be a long line of you know Jesus going next. <laughs> All right, let's fix you up. Well, we've settled that one right here on the radio you broadcast. Heard it here today. first, folks. I can't remember. Did we talk about uh, the the third thing, which is the joy of presenting Jesus with our 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 gifts, our purified gifts, our gifts of love. We our were labor. just about to get into that. Okay, well, let's talk about that one then, because here's one of the reasons why the coming of Jesus should be the most pre- predominant and preeminent thing in thinking in our lives, because when he comes, we are going to have the joy of presenting Jesus with our... I, I had it termed a different way yesterday in my hand jam notes, and then I put it in a type note and changed it up. I, I said our purified gifts. But I want to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. Now Paul here says to the Thessalonians, he says, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. And the reason I read that, because we were taking a lot out of Thessalonians you know, building this case. But the reason I read that passage is because Paul is is making the point there that when Jesus comes, I am looking forward to presenting you to him. Mm-hmm. I want him to see what has happened here. I want him to see you're, you're the glory and joy of my life that I can present you to Jesus. And so the larger idea here is that each one of us who have lived for the Lord by his grace and have served him out of any pureness, of out of any genuine love, there will be that fire, that judgment fire that's going to burn our works up, you know, and, and as Paul tells us in Corinthians, you know, the wood, the hay, the stubble will all be burned up in the fire, and all that's left will be the gold and the silver and the precious jewels. And those things, which are the reflection of our genuine love, our genuine acts of love, will then be presented to Jesus when he comes. And I, I tell you, I'm waiting for the opportunity to do that because. I really struggle right now giving him what he deserves. Mm-hmm. 
So speaking of asking hypothetical questions, so this is another one of those things that I have long heard through like a negative connotation. Better be careful. There are going to be a lot of people that stand before Jesus and see their whole life burned up in front of them with nothing left to show. And while that's definitely, I believe, an applicable thing, one thing that it always instilled in me was, man, well, what am I going to have left? How do I even know if I'm doing anything that's going to be of value? In light of the discussion that we've been having over the last couple of days and you reading that now, what I'm beginning to understand is that is going to be a joyous thing when I see, okay, yeah, there's, there's going to be so much that's burned up that was wasted time sown into the things of this world. But there is going to be some stuff that's left that'll be like, I, I, I wasn't even aware that to God that was as precious as it is. And what an honor to know that there was something in my life of value to present to him that he is honored and glorified by. Yeah, and you, if you put it into like a practical example, so we're both pastors, preachers. There are people right now listening that uh, they might they might sing for the Lord, mm-hmm. or they do a certain ministry uh, that they have that you know to minister to people. And there there are times where we have done those things. You know, you've got into the pulpit to preach God's word, and you leave that, and you remember or you recognize there were elements of that that were not honoring to God, where you. You know, you, you thought something wrong, said something wrong, whatever it may be, and uh, we feel like failures. But here's the thing about, and maybe maybe there's been times where a singer got up and they sang for the glory of themselves. Yeah. Like it was a moment where, you know what, I am hitting this thing right. This is yeah. sounding good. And, uh, you know, when they're done, because their heart belongs to Jesus, there's going to be some reproach, or not reproach, um, uh, uh, conviction. Yeah. The, the Spirit's going to convict us for that and we're going to recognize there'll be some chastening that yeah comes. i didn't do that right you yep. know and then we feel hey well look all that has happened but but the burning up of all these works here it's actually something to say praise the lord that one's going to be burnt up that <laughs> one's not going to be with me forever but it is all the things that i was able to do by the help of the holy spirit in pure love that's what's going to stand yep. so it's a very positive thing now, there's a fourth reason why this should be. How are we doing on time today? We've got about eight minutes left. All right. We're never going to get this done. We'll get this part done, though. <laughs> there's a fourth reason we wanted to give as to why the second coming should be our first concern, and that is because of the suddenness and the secrecy of the day and hour. You know, I just mentioned this yesterday. We had a funeral, um, mentioned it there, and, and mentioned it in prayer meeting on Monday night. This is so important, and I mean... I think this one everybody can latch on to, and we recognize the reality of it. And here the Apostle Paul, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, offers us this. He says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. We do not know, by Jesus' words, the day nor the hour when he shall come. And so, why should this be the most important thing and the, the first concern of my life? Because there's only one way to be ready for his coming, and that is to be ready right now. And I want to clarify that by saying, here's why we thank God for the cross of Jesus, because I am saved because of what Jesus did for me on the cross, and because he has risen and because he ever lives to make intercession, I am saved in that, faith in that. But to be ready for his coming means to be 
living like a good steward, Mm -hmm. living, doing the things that Jesus says. If you love me, keep my commandments. I call you friends, uh, you know, because I have told you everything that I know, and now I expect you to live according to that. And, you know, he gives all these parables about uh, being entrusted you know, with uh, the different responsibilities, and and the goodman's going to come home, and and the Lord's going to come to check on his his stewards. We want to be ready for his coming at any moment. There may be times during your day when you are messing up, and if someone said, "Do you feel ready for Jesus to come right now?" You'd probably say, "Right now, <laughs> no. I probably need a little time to get right." Yeah. You know, I, I need. Here's the great thing about that, though. You know how much it takes to get right. Yep. It takes about that much if it's genuinely coming from a heart that is um, full of contrition and repentance. Jesus does not say to us, you know what? I hear what you're saying. Give me a few days to think about it. <laughs> you know? It's like as soon as you genuinely say, Lord, I'm sorry for that, it's done. It's done. I, so, love, I love that Jesus doesn't forgive the same way we do. Yeah. Somebody comes to us in, in genuine heartfelt, heartfelt apology, and so many times we're like, you just got to give me some time. Like I'll when I made it. fun of your shirt earlier today exactly. and then apologized. Yeah, I'm going to need some time. <laughs> no, I'm not ready uh, to accept your contrition right now. This stuff is really happening. We're not making it up. <laughs> well, there's one more reason I want to talk about why this should be the most important thing, the first concern of our life. And it's simply, and it goes along with what we just said, but it's simply that we are challenged and called on to be on watch for it. We are commanded to watch for this. So it's not even an option. Again, Paul, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. All of that bringing us down even to verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, which says to me, in everything I just read, Paul is instructing the believer, be diligent in this. Mm -hmm. Keep yourself ready. Keep yourself on watch. Keep yourself in in a place of holiness because Jesus is coming at any time and you are commanded to watch for that return. You don't want to be the servant that's sitting there, well, he said he was coming, but I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to beat my other servants and get drunk. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, again, you go back to Luke 12. There was a servant that did that, and Jesus reprimands that kind of that kind of behavior. You also don't want to be like the very Thessalonians that, well, you know, we're supposed to sit and watch, and so... What we're going to do, we're going to sit here and watch. No, watching is keeping yourself in that ready state, doing the work that he has left us here to do, but anticipating that, hey, this is serious. He's coming. It could be any day and living a life that actually reflects that it could be any day. And doing the work that he's left us to do, that just makes me want to make the point, what work has he given us to do? The great work is to believe on him mm-hmm. whom the Father hath sent. But through that, it is to produce 
that fruit or let him produce that fruit through us. So what does the work I'm supposed to do look like? It looks like the fruit that he's producing in me. I'm to love. I'm to be joyful. I'm to be peaceful. And I am to share those things and bring those things into other people's lives. So that's not just something that happens on Sunday and Wednesday. That's all day, every day. Now, I'm sure we're about out of time again. So let me close it out by saying this. We talked about why this, we said it should be our first concern, the second coming of Jesus. We talked about why it's not or some reasons why it's not. And we've talked about some reasons why it should be. But the last thing we wanted to talk about was, well, how can this be my first concern? And there were three practical things that I would just want to state them as we wrap it up. You want to keep focused on this. You want your heart to be living in the hope of Jesus' return. Here's a prescription for how you do that. Number one, you need to daily sanctify your heart to God in worship. I cannot overstate that. There there just needs to be a daily surrendering of the heart to God in worship where you're tuning out the world and turning your heart and attention to Jesus through worship, which includes prayer. By the way, Peter said, Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you. Secondly, you need to deliberately separate from this world because worldliness will take this from you. Worldliness will make you more interested in the entanglements of this life. And so separating from the world is very important. You cannot sanctify without separation. And the most important thing going on right now is what God is up to, not what Biden's up to, Trump's up to, or whoever else is out there is up to something. A lot of them up to something, but it's not as important as what God is up to. Okay, So learn what needs to be cut out from your life. And the third thing is we need to diligently share the gospel of Christ coming with others. Share it, share it, share it. Talk about this to people. Let them know this is the focal point of our witness in this age. We need to tell people that he's coming again. Share the gospel of Christ coming. Well, that wraps up the discussion for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a blessed remainder of your day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.